Welcome to Bulldogs Over Coffee, the first podcast series presented by the UNC Asheville Bulldogs in conjunction with the Bulldog Athletic Association. This audio podcast has been created to tell our story. Twice a month, we will put out a different story told by an individual who is invested in by the UNC Asheville Bulldogs. The moderator for the podcast will be Dan Freeman, Assistant Director of Athletic Advancement and Alumni Engagement, assisted by Mark Godin, the Director of Multimedia. And we're here live with Meredith Ristich. Meredith, how's it going today? Pretty good. How are you doing? I am good. And uh, we saw each other about 24 hours ago. So <laughs> Not too long. Yes. So what I want to do is I want you to tell our listeners about everything we talked about yesterday because you have an awesome story and, and what you want to do with your life as well is the pinnacle of what we hope that all student athletes will want to do in making a difference. So let's start off at the beginning. Why did you choose UNCA? Yeah, so UNC Asheville, for me, wasn't necessarily on my radar to start with. I didn't know a lot about the school until um, I was actually introduced by one of the former student athletes here. She played the same position as me on the volleyball team, graduated from my high school, but we're four years apart. So she actually came up to me at the pool one day in the summer and was like, hey, I just want to let you know my coach is really interested in you. She talks to you, talks about you to me in practice all the time. <laughs> and I was like, I ran to my mom, of course. You know, I was like, mom, there's a college coach that's interested in me. <laughs> And so that's actually how I got kind of turned on, started coming to watch games and things like that. But in the end, it was a pretty clear choice for me. Um, I was really interested in playing two sports in college, and I had a really specific major in mind. And this was actually one of the only institutions that offered me the opportunity to play both sports as well as do the major that I was really interested in. And what was, what was that major? I'm almost embarrassed to tell you now because I actually ended up switching <laughs> out of it. But um, I was interested in majoring in biology. And the cool thing about that is at the time, I think he's actually chair of the department now, um, but one of the professors over there was a student athlete liaison. So it was really okay. cool to know that he was the head of the department and he was really familiar with working with student athletes and he knew kind of what the schedule was like. So he actually, um, this is what made my decision, the actual moment it happened is when I came for my official visit, um, I had been to some schools and they were all kind of all about the academics and I'd been to some other schools and they were all about the athletics. There was no kind of mix between the two. And as soon as I pulled up on campus here, it was actually the head of the biology department and um, I got met by the head coach. So from the beginning for me, it was a really good marriage of academics and athletics. And that's what I was looking for. So talking about that marriage of athletics and academics, yeah, as you know, we are one of the, you know, we're the only publicly recognized liberal arts institution in the North Carolina system. Can you tell our listeners what that kind of meant to you when you came in and you saw that there was that marriage of both of those things and how you felt like that would help you succeed? Definitely. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I, I think now in hindsight, I've got way more experience with the liberal arts and with athletics and everything just from moving forward and working in admissions now. But on the front end, as a student, I, what I really wanted to know is what that was going to mean for me in everyday life. Like it was cool to have the moniker of the designated public liberal arts institution for North Carolina, but I didn't think I had a full grasp of what that meant until I really got in and started to see kind of how those two things would help me. And without going into too much detail about what it was like to be a, a student here and an athlete, but 
I really, really felt that when I was in my humanities courses. Um, that's actually kind of what taught me why liberal arts were important, because I'm not sure if you've ever heard this, but as somebody who works in admissions, I hear a lot of parents say, well, what kind of job are you going to get with a liberal arts degree? <laughs> and for me, what I really like to tell them is the all of the jobs that I've had, I've gotten because of my liberal arts degree. And what I like to call it is kind of, and here's the both the sports and the academics for you, but what I like to call it is kind of the intangibles of education. Mm -hmm. That's what you get from a liberal arts degree. Not only do you learn how to do whatever you want to do in your field, but you learn how to communicate that idea with someone who might not have the same thoughts as you or who might have been raised differently as you. So it's all about learning how to listen and how to communicate thoughts and ideas. And that's kind of the intangibles of education that I would consider, but it's what you learn in those classes that are outside of just your specific major. That's really special. And, and just give me a quick little blurb. Explain to me what humanities courses are I've I, I don't think I'd taken classes that were like that and mm -hmm. I can kind of figure out what it might be but just kind of explain to me what that was here what that meant Definitely. And I'll be honest, as a you know, 18-year-old freshman coming in, to me, it was just, this class has nothing to do with my major. Why am I having to take this? Because <laughs> um, it's more about kind of a review of history and literature and kind of how those things come about. There's honestly a lot of options for humanities courses. Each one here, you're required to take four, covers a specific period, and they all do different types of literature, um, what that meant for the time period, why those things happened. So it's all about kind of the thoughts and ideas that arose from the community at the time. And... I'm, I'm really shaming myself, but as an 18-year-old mind, I was just kind of like, well, this isn't biology. You know, like, get me back in the lab. This is what I want to do. But it was really kind of the culmination for me was walking into one of those classes, and we were talking about, I had, I had switched to being a mass communication, or the, mass communication major at this point, so that's what was <laughs> embarrassing, but... We are going to talk about climate change, and this oh. is more of what was relevant in now's time period. Yeah. And so um, we walked in, and kind of my strategy when I'm talking to a group of people is I always look around and try to find somebody that like I'm going to make eye contact with. So I know it's me and you. You know, if, if for some reason I trip over my words or I forget what I'm supposed to say, at least one person's hanging in there with me. Okay. So we're going in there to talk about climate change, and I walk around. I'm looking around the room, and it's people from every single major, right? Because this is not a major-specific course. Yeah. So I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, the Earth and Environmental Studies kid. They don't want to be my person. <laughs> they <laughs> I don't want to hear what I have to say about climate change. Yeah. And I'm looking around more and I see a management student and I'm like, oh, the economy stuff. I really don't want to. OK, you're not going to be my person either. And so it really <laughs> kind of hit me then. Yeah. I was like, this is the this is the point, right? This is yeah. how I'm supposed to be able to talk to you, even if you don't feel the same way as me. And I'm able to explain to you kind of why I think the things that I think and kind of what my background has brought me to. Try to look at it from someone else's perspective, from how other people look at it. That's really special. And Moving into that next phase, you know, talking about the 18-year-old you and <laughs> humanities class and changing from biology to mass comm and kind of talk to us <clears throat> about the athletic side of it now. You came in. Did you have a struggle acclimating? What was that like with the coaches and the team? And were there any changes when you were there early on in your athletic academic career? Definitely. Um, I think um – you know, I was definitely really fortunate to have been able to be recruited and come to a Division One institution, but there was a lot of changes for me because of where I started. Um, I went to a rural mountain high school. There was no weightlifting. There was no real schedule. It was just kind of like I was lucky to be in with a talented group of people, so we ended up doing really well, which brought some eyes of recruiters, and someone saw some potential in me, and I want to underline the potential word a lot because I don't think I was really that awesome when I was in high school. Um, so it was actually a big adjustment just – not only living by yourself and going to classes and things like that, but learning how to manage, you know, not only do you have the two-hour practice time that you're used to, but you've also got to do an hour in the training room. you got to make sure you're warming up and cooling down, and if you need your ankle taped, you got to go do that. You also have to work in another hour and a half for weights. You need to make sure you're going 
the cafeteria at the right time to eat to balance all those things out. So it was a lot of not only learning about the sport, but learning about me and kind of how I changed and I definitely put on the freshman 15, so that was a struggle, if you want to call it that, but it was a really pleasant struggle because it's Asheville, right? I got to eat all the good stuff. All the good food. <laughs> so it was definitely an adjustment um, just to learn how things work at this level, but I definitely think it made me love the sport even more than I did. I was like, man, I really get to spend this much time caring about volleyball and running track and doing all these things, so it was awesome for me. I really liked it. So when we spoke yesterday, you told me that you did – you ended up going through one coaching change. Um, you ended up doing two sports, which I know you mentioned track and field a second ago. Can you tell us what that coaching change was like for you and in, in doing another sport? And we'll talk about some other pieces that came from doing the sport <laughs> as well. Definitely. Um, I definitely have to give kudos to Coach Santos because he that was the coaching change for me. Is And he's the current head coach now. Um, but his first season he came in and I had already been there for a year. Um, so and transparently as a coach, it's you got to come in and work with some of the student athletes. You didn't recruit them. So I might not have been the type of player that he was looking for. But the fact that he came in and was really, really willing to work with all of us was something that we really appreciated about him at the time. But with me, he kind of had an extra piece to deal with because when I came in, it was actually in my um, national letter of intent or in my contract that I was going to be able to do two sports. Um, so the fact that he was really kind of patient with me and working with my schedule, especially because track and field was my second sport and is a, it's a year-long commitment. So as soon as I was out of the gym for volleyball, I was straight into indoor track and then to outdoor um, and so he was really able to kind of work with my schedule a little bit. I appreciate him making the, the walk over to Coach Williams and talking to him about kind of, okay, what's she going to be doing at practice today? What, are, what can I do with her in the gym? How is this going to affect you? So it definitely, we butted heads a little bit at the beginning just because it was trying to figure out that rhythm. But I, in the, in the end, I definitely appreciate the way he handled the situation and was able to let me continue to do both because I know that he had the power to change it if he wanted to. And that reference was to Coach... Joel Williams. <laughs> yes. Legend at UNC Asheville. I don't know if Joel will ever hear this, but who knows? Maybe he will. So let's jump into the track and field side because that leads us into the next phase of your life, really. So talk to us about track and field and, what, uh, and, and who you met when you were on the track and field team. Oh, so track was something I mentioned. It was something I had planned on doing on the way in, but I don't think I really... I won't say remembered, but realized I was actually doing it until volleyball season ended. And I was like, oh, Monday, you know, it starts. We have 5 a.m. practice. Yeah. Um, so for track, it was definitely, for me, it was a progression. I started out as completely awful as you would imagine, somebody who wasn't used to lifting weights and doing all that kind of stuff. So my first season was a lot of garbage, but <laughs> I felt like I definitely grew into it. And absolutely no thanks at all to my husband that I met on the track team. Um, to be fair, though, he started out with me in volleyball, I didn't quite notice this, but he ended up being a ball boy. So I knew him before I knew him. So when I showed up the first day at track practice at 5 a.m. and I was squinting through the dark, I was like, that guy looks kind of familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely ended up encouraging me a lot and kind of, I hope he never hears this, but teaching me a lot about how to be better and how to focus more in practice and take more of what Joel was saying to me and really applying it to practices. So I think that was really something that contributed to me having the success that I did. And now, you know, you told me about a little story um, during the, I think it was the spring volleyball season and the outdoor track season that I thought was really impressive, but I think it kind of aided to your overall experience. Could you tell us just that, just tell us about that story? 
Definitely. Um, so that's what I like to consider kind of the culmination of my experience as a student athlete here. I really, really, I can't say it enough times, enjoyed the fact that I was able to do both. But on this particular day, um, it was a spring outdoor track meet that we had at Western Carolina. Um, but we also had a spring volleyball tournament. So the volleyball team was down at Gardner-Webb University. So not super far away, but definitely not right next to each other either. Um, so it ended up working out that I was going to be jumping at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. And my parents are absolute saints but they came to my track meet and um so I showed up to the meet and I actually was um it was a really good day for me I ended up winning the track meet and, and setting a new personal best and then I kind of did my cool down shake out on the way to the car and my parents drove me down in the minivan to <laughs> South Carolina so that I could um, play in the volleyball tournament and I actually ended up walking in right when they were blowing the whistle for our second game and my coach just put me straight in and I was able to play kind of still with my track uniform on but we ended up doing really really well was, we had some great spring practices that um the week leading up to that so we ended up doing really well and we won the volleyball tournament as well so I was absolutely toast for the whole week after that but it was one of the best days of my athletic career for sure and let's make a comment that's a win in uh, the mountain rivalry right there <laughs> winning two things uh, obviously one was a Gardner Webb but at Western Carolina that's the mountain rivalry so we like that and kind of go tell us about the end of your career if anything happened with that your athletic academic career and then um, you know, once you graduated, what what was next for you? Because you have a really interesting story that really spans the globe, literally. <laughs> definitely. Um, and I, while I was at the beginning a poster child of how you can definitely use your liberal arts degree to get a career, I definitely jumped that puddle a few times. Um, the end of my athletic career was really special. Um, it's actually kind of tough. So I'd mentioned that I met, met my husband while I was in college, but we also got married while I was here. Um, still waiting on the shotgun wedding that everybody thought we were having, but no children yet. Um, we got married my junior year, and he actually transferred to a different institution, and he was all the way across the country, and um, so we actually ended up being here for the last year by myself, And but it was actually a really good year for me. I ended up um, winning conference in the high jump, which was a really big accomplishment Great. for me, something I had been working on for a really long time, um, and I actually hold the indoor and outdoor records for high jump here, which and what is... Are those? I don't want to say. <laughs> um, it's right at um, five seven and a half, so not okay. super high, but high enough for me. I think it's one seventy three, one seventy one. That's in meters in for meters. all those Europeans <laughs> listening. Don't judge me. I know you guys can all jump really high. Um, but that was kind of the end of my track career, and so it was a real high note that I got to leave on, um, which I really appreciated. But it opened some doors and opportunities for me as well once I graduated. So um, my very last semester here um, was actually a pretty big one. So I um, was taking a really heavy academic load, and there was a lot happening with volleyball and track and field. Um, but it was actually some of my undergraduate research that I was doing my senior year that kind of open the door for me to start looking at new opportunities. Um, it's actually what made me consider the master's program that I'm in now, but in the longest of stories short, um, kind of the professional track that I took afterwards is I moved to California for a couple of months and did some work out there, um, but quickly knew that I kind of was missing the athletic side of things as I wasn't being able to compete or train very much anymore. Um, so I actually moved into being a men's and women's volleyball coach down at Limestone College um, for a season and then um, down to Orlando, Florida for a little bit to coach men's and women's club volleyball. Um, just before and just after that, we headed back over to Serbia. I did a little bit of work over there in sports information, um, and it was actually the sports information piece that brought me home. Um, so I did some internships and stuff here for the legendary Mike Gore while I um, was still a student. And as actually, he was the one that led me into a position here um, as a sports information, assistant sports information director um, after that. So 
Okay, and then you came back here for a little bit, and things were going well. And and uh, and tell us your husband's name. Milan. So <laughs> he he is a professional track and field athlete, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. And a very cute one. <laughs> <laughs> what are his events? <laughs> he runs the one ten meter hurdles. Okay. So he so he was competing professionally mm-hmm. in the in the spring seasons, correct? Mm-hmm. And you came back here and and tell us, you know, what what did you end up doing here, uh, job wise, mm-hmm. what you're doing right now, and then tell us about the graduate program that you're in because I think that's also incredible what you're doing with that and your aspirations. Cool. Yeah. Um, so when we first got back here, it was actually ended up being perfect for both of us. So Milan and Joel, you know, if anybody who knows him, Milan is the son that Joel has not yet had. Um, and so they are really, really close and they work really well together philosophy wise as far as how they like to train. So Milan actually was able to come and continue his professional career working with Joel. And Joel is one of the smartest people that I've ever met, especially track and field wise. He, like, I'm pretty sure that right now he's somewhere studying his book of mechanics and how to be the best thrower, jumper, hurdler that there ever was. I can corroborate that. (laughs) But, um, so they were actually able to work together and I was working in athletics over here, um, as a sports, like I said, in sports information for a little while, and I absolutely loved it. It was really kind of weird and awesome to be on the other side of the curtain to see what everyone does and, you know, kind of why they work so hard to give you the experience that you get as a student athlete, because you don't see all that. You know, you, you call your mom and dad and say, look how ugly my picture is on the roster, but you have no idea, you know, like how many hours of work that went into someone, like taking that picture, editing it, putting it together, calling your high school to figure out what your old PRs were. Like there's yeah. so many things that go into it, and so being on this side was really kind of awesome for me. And that's really what made me kind of start wanting to um, do more for students that are here at UNCA. I I really love my experience. Um, And there were things immediately that I thought, like, man, I really wish I could do this. Like, I really want this student to have this experience that I didn't get to have, something I wish I had done more. And that's actually kind of what led me more into the admission side of things is I moved over and I wanted to work more with students that, just didn't quite have the knowledge okay. to apply and to kind of look at getting recruited and all those kind of things. And eventually that's kind of the path that I want to work toward is moving to work with more international students and just students that are kind of in underserved populations, because I feel like there's so many capable potential students and student athletes that are out there that just don't quite have the knowledge and don't really know what the first step is and how to apply to college and how to try to get recruited and things like that. So I'm really hoping that I can move forward, and I'm actually in a master's program now at UNC Wilmington um, online. I'm not that good of a driver that I can do six hours a day, Um, but I'm working online to get my master's in international conflict management and resolution um, so that I can work more with maybe some countries or underserved populations that don't have access because of specific channels through government or policy, Um, and I'm really hoping to create something that will allow more people to have access just to what the steps look like for applying to college. And I know you told me, it was just a little like ex- excerpt from our conversation yesterday about when Milan was looking at colleges and he was with his mother, tell me about what he did because I think that is owed to what you were saying before about wanting to help them because a lot of these people just don't know, whether it's coming from rural areas around the country or families who've never been to college or international athletes because I, I think this was just a perfect example of, of what they go through. Absolutely. And I'd be lying if I didn't 
say that that's really the reason that I've gotten into what I've gotten into is just seeing, you know, it's, it's really those students that don't have the access that when they're given that opportunity and they're given that chance to see how hard they work and all the sacrifices they make in order to be successful and to, to achieve what they want to achieve is just so impressive to me in all realms, like be it student athletes, be it students that come here to study, to go on to do pre-med or pre-law or something like that. It's just, it's really, really impressive to me. And Milan specifically, um, his, he's the first person in his family to go to college. No one has ever had access to higher education where he's from. And for him, what he did is he actually was lucky enough to have someone in the club that he was running for say, I'm sure there's some way you can reach out to some of those coaches. So what he did is he put together a really generic and probably in broken English email that said, <laughs> you know, hi, I'm Milan. I'm this tall. I'm this fast. Like, here's my times. Here's some clips from my videos. Um, by the way, I really can't afford college. So only contact me if you can give me a full ride. And he sent that to probably, I would say, you know, hundreds of thousands of coaches across the country. Just, you know, anybody, give me a chance, please, please, please. And he ended up getting a list back of maybe 11 to 13 schools that um, were said, yep, we want you. You seem like you'd be a good fit for us. Um, we can offer you a full ride. And he kind of put the list together, knew nothing about any of them, geography or, where, you know, what they offered, where they were located. Showed the list to his mom and said, pick one. She pointed to UNC Asheville, and I'm really glad she did about eight years later. Um, but that's kind of how he ended up coming here, and it ended up being, you know, and he'll tell you this himself, but it ended up being kind of the best choice that he ever made because he knows that there's just not the same opportunity where he's from. And this is really what's changed him is allowed him the opportunity to go and get his um, degree. He'd be the first one in his family to go and compete in the Olympics in 2016. It's just it opened all the doors that he didn't even know were there. And, you know, that – just going back to what you spoke about, there are a lot of students on our community who fit that profile of people you want to help with some of the poverty and some of the lack of opportunities in Western North Carolina. So we think it's so great that you, you know, came here, you went literally across the globe and, <laughs> and came back to help the community and stay in the community and make a difference. And I want to ask you, just kind of take a quick second if you need to, because I'm going to throw you on the spot here. <laughs> If there was something that you could tell current students or student athletes, whether international or domestic, just a little piece of advice that you could give them, being an admissions counselor on why they should come to UNC Asheville or just kind of something that you wish someone told you when you were going through the process of choosing a college. You can take a second if you need to. I'm going to be honest and say that this is something that I honestly have to think about a lot because I, when I'm talking to prospective families and we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one, um, kind of chats here, is telling them and being in a really transparent way that college is a really important decision. And it's choosing one is something that's super difficult and we know it's overwhelming and I'm really glad that I have the job that I do because I'm able just to kind of alleviate some of that anxiety and help students find their way. Um, but for me personally, UNC Asheville kind of, as I mentioned, was something that I was really fortunate to um, be able to come here, but I didn't quite realize all that I would get from it on the way in. Um, so I think now when I'm talking to prospective students, I tell them, you guys are so much further ahead of me because you're weighing all these things. You're trying to check in. You're seeing what the class sizes are, what the environment is like on campus, what kind of majors they offer. All of those things are really important. Um, but I think one thing that I would say is really unique about UNC Asheville specifically is just the, the personal attention that you get. Um, and I really hate using that phrase a lot because I feel like it's like the most common admissions kind of word that we like to roll out there but 
It really, really is true. And I would not, I mean, there's you know 15 other names that should be on my diploma with mine because there's no way that I would have made it through being able to graduate in four years and play two sports and be able to have a major and a minor and complete undergraduate research. Like all of those opportunities, I mean, that would never have been possible for me if I hadn't had the people here that took the time to invest in me. I would never have changed majors if I didn't have one of my professors in mass comm come to me and be like, hey, you're kind of good at this. You want to come sit down and chat a little bit about maybe how could you use both? Could you do biology and use it in a mass comm kind of way? Because you kind of have some talent here. I have no idea, you know, I would never would have ended up being the person that I am if it hadn't been for that person who was willing to pull me aside. He didn't have to do that. None of my coaches had to allow me to play the other sport. None of them had to allow me or none of them had to take the time to say, how you feeling? I know you had a really tough practice. Do you think you're up to it today? Should you go to the training room? You know, what, what do you think you should do? And just being able to really kind of make an impact as an individual here is the same reason that brought me back, both in a sense on the side of athletics and in admissions. I really know that you can make an individual impact here. And it's something that really stuck with me ever since I graduated. And this is home for me. So I definitely, it's important for me to share that with students, but I also want to make sure that they know that it's definitely an individualized experience. It's not going to be something where they just leave and um, feel as though they were a number. I hate saying that too, but it's really, really true that you ha- each student here, if you ask them, has a separate experience than another student. And I think that's something that's really special and not common, especially in the Southeast. Asheville is special. <laughs> it's special. <laughs> it is. Well, Meredith, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, you know, we're definitely going to be keeping up with you. And if anyone is looking at UNC Asheville, make sure you look up her name and reach out. Call me. <laughs> Meredith Ristich. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Meredith. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You have just listened to Bulldogs Over Coffee. Make sure to follow our social media for the most up-to-date information about our sports teams. You can buy season tickets by calling 828-258-7900. We need your support to strengthen the UNC Asheville Bulldogs each and every year. To make a difference in the lives of our student-athletes, you can call the Bulldog Athletic Association and me specifically, Dan Freeman, at 828-258-7752. If you'd like to sponsor an event that makes a difference for a group of student-athletes, please call Betsy Blose at 828-251-6907.